Hello and welcome to Shelf Confidence, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Food Merchants Association that focuses on trends and innovations in the food and beverage retail industry. I'm Liz Kemry, your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Brad France, who is an attorney with Federated Insurance. Federated Insurance is a PFMA sponsor and member, and today we'll be talking about succession planning and what that means for a business and a family when top leadership is ready to move on. Hey, Brad, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. And yourself? I'm good. Thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. So let's just start with a little bit more about your role with Federated Insurance. Right. And I am separate and apart from Federated as a consultant and an advisor. But what they have done um, is they've selected certain advisors in their districts to um, analyze, determine the quality of their work. And fortunately, for the last 25 years, I've been uh, their consultant to their marketing reps, working with their family-owned and closely held businesses with uh, business planning and succession planning. So at PFMA, uh, we're fortunate to have a range of members from large corporations to independent retailers. um, And a lot of those are multi-generational family businesses. So of course, for a variety of reasons, uh, eventually we see, you know, a late uh, leadership change in these, uh, in these businesses and at these retailers. From your perspective and with your work with Federated, what are some of the things that businesses should be thinking about um, as they're preparing for this point? Any organization, whether it's closely held, family-owned, large or small, should look at strategically is their succession of the organization. And I talk to people about succession is really three things. It's the succession of knowledge, the succession of management, and the succession of ownership, right? And so in any organization, when you bring someone on, you have to share and transfer knowledge to them to be successful. Then eventually, you have to look at your management team, whether it's a one-person or 100-person organization, and say, how am I going to replace these people? And what skill sets do I need? And then eventually, it will be an ownership issue. Do I want to transfer it down to the next generation, family members, employees, or maybe I need to exit it with a sale. So what they need to do is think about these things, look at their organization five, 10 years out and say, what do we need to do today to start planning for tomorrow? Yeah, that makes sense. And do you get the sense that do a lot of businesses uh, think that far out or are you seeing that a lot of people get sort of caught in the day-to-day business operations and it seems like it's a faraway concept? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. And it's remarkable. There was an article I recently read about succession planning. There was someone from PNC talking about it's remarkable how there are so many successful business owners who can think from a business standpoint, one, two, three years out and plan but they forget about succession planning. You know, it's that situation where if it's not urgent, it can't be important. Well, in fact, oh, sure. yourself, the, 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 the urgent isn't important and the less urgent, the more important. So they need to think a little further out. I think also it is psychological. You know, people don't want to give up control. Uh, they like their position. Um, so it's, it, it is hard both psychologically, it's hard from a business standpoint and from a customer standpoint, uh, you know, customers don't like change. Sure. 
we've seen that too, that, you know, as companies uh, might move to, you know, maybe one uh, umbrella or move under one umbrella or another, or, you know, see large leadership changes, they, uh, they sort of have to talk about, you know, where the company is going, what the plans are, um, what customers can expect to see. And uh, that that's a great point to bring into it because it's something not just for the family and the business involved, but for everybody that shops there too. Is this something that you would say, uh, you know, every every business, every size needs to be considering or is succession planning something that's for a certain business type? So one of the quotes I give is, you know, Ben Franklin once said, the only two things that are certain in life are death and taxes. And I said, there's a third one, it's succession. Every (laughs) single business deals with it. In fact, Fred Smith, the CEO of FedEx recently retired. And he said, this is not a big deal. We plan for succession for every one of our key management people two times down, right? And so whether it's big or small, Large organizations, you, you would argue, have less of a concern because there's so many people. Whereas a smaller organization, if you're critical and something happens to you, you know who's there to step in? So I, I know it may, it may sound self-serving. I don't know of a single organization that shouldn't deal with succession planning. And is there a large difference or not so much whether you are one of those large corporations or somebody who's more of an independent retailer? Well, uh, well, a couple of things. I think that uh, what I have developed, and I mentioned uh, earlier before we got on the, the podcast, I wrote a book. What I have developed is a process. And I think large or small, if an organization's follows a process. I mean, I I happen to think that my process is pretty darn good, but if they follow a process, um, I've worked with companies as small as two or $3 million in revenue and as large as $1 billion in revenue and use Mm. the same process because many of the elements are the same. You know, whether you've got uh, replacing management, whether you're transferring ownership, whether you're training people, a lot of these are very common across the organizations. And at the very large end, uh, particularly with public health companies, the board of directors, one of their primary responsibilities is succession. The average term of a CEO in a public health company, seven years. So oh, I always, wow. always have to look for that next replacement, right? What are some of those questions that a business or leadership at a business needs to be prepared to answer when they start this process? Yeah. So what they need to be prepared to answer is, you know, what will I want over the next three to five to seven years for myself? Uh, If this is a company that I happen to own or I'm the president, because it sort of starts with number one, most companies that are owned privately uh, represent an overwhelming significant amount of the net worth of the owner. And so the owner just can't give it away oftentimes. They have to find some way to sell it or transfer it and have the retirement. So one of the questions is, what does that owner individually want to do? Then has the owner identified the next group of leadership? And if they can't, Uh, find it internally, how do they plan to look at externally? And the next question is, is are they willing to bring in the next level of management during this conversation? I think it's important to go to your senior management and have these discussions 
Because I have to tell you, Elizabeth, if you don't think they're thinking about it, you're, you're, you're being fooled because mm -hmm. most of the organizations I work with, that next level, they just want to know what the deal is. And when you don't tell them anything, uncertainty creates anxiety. And yeah. so those are the types of questions you, you need to ask. Well, and that sort of leads me to my next point, too, is who kind of needs to be, you know, as they say in Hamilton, in the room where it happens, right? So who are the key players who should be having those conversations as the succession planning is happening? Yeah. And so, I, as I said, I, I follow this process. And I think what you need to do is first do some discovery work. And one of the quotes I give in my book is you need to know where you are to figure out where you want to get to, right? So the first thing is to find out where you are. And you may hire your CPA or your lawyer to say, hey, you know, do I have an estate plan? You know, what's my net worth? Can I retire? How much do I need? That, that kind of stuff. Then, you know, I don't think you need to have the CPA or lawyer in the room during this process. You certainly can. But I think what you need to do is, as I mentioned earlier, think about having your key one, two, three, four, leadership managers in the room and have a discussion about transfer, uh, transition, succession. Um, and then, and then um, if you're comfortable with that, if it's an ownership transfer, you know, do you talk to your children if it's going to be transferred down? Because some members may want to be in the business. Some members don't want to be in the business. And I tell people, you got to make sure that uh, fairness is not used as a weapon, but as a tool. So, you know, what do I mean by that? Um, so I decide uh, one day I wake up and I'm going to transfer the business down to my daughter and I've got a son. What's the common line you're going to get from the, the son? That's not fair, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, right. So, so, so uh, that's a tool that's a, used as a weapon as opposed to hey, I'm going to transfer this business. I have to transfer this business. I'm, I want to get out, I'm talking to both son and daughter. This is the process I'm going to go through to determine who should be the next CEO. Son, do you agree with this process? Yes, dad, I agree with this process. Daughter, do you agree with this process? Yes, daughter, I agree with this process. Now the outcome, they may not like the outcome, but it was a fair process, right? And so that, that's what I mean by you know, uh, fairness. So those are the things. You know, as you're sort of looking at where you want the business to go, is it a matter of sort of looking at, as you were mentioning, like the tier, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three positions and saying, okay, these positions move up or I've got a really stellar person with an interesting skill set who I think can come and move into uh, a larger role? That is a good question. So <clears throat> you, we never want to lose good people, right? Um, but but the, I don't believe succession planning should be people driven necessarily. Okay. So what, what do I mean by that? What I believe is that you look at your organization and one of the exercises I like to take clients through blows their mind is I say, okay, look at your organization 10 times its size, right? Like, ah, it's impossible. But just think about it, right? So if you're at 10 million, what's the organization look like at 100 million? And what are the skill sets you would need to get there? Now, you may never get to 10 times, but what if you got to two times or three times? Then once you create this, I'll call future org chart and mm -hmm. say, okay, I need these types of people. Do I have them today? Can I train the people I have today to get there? Or do I have to bring somebody else in, right? So now, once we know where we think we want to go as an organization, and you can have key management in there, you identify that key person that you, you, you'd mentioned earlier and say, okay, 
how does he or she, she slot into these positions? And that's how I believe you should you know, think through the, the, the process. You start with an organization, not today, um, but what it is in the future, because today it's not going to stay the same. There's a, there's a quote that says, uh, things need to change for things to remain the same. What other tools or resources or data should a company be considering when they're going through this process? Yeah, so I, as I mentioned before, I, I think that they need to do a bit of a discovery to see where they are. It is remarkable to me when I go into an organization and people think their shareholders agreement, their estate plan, their bylaws say one thing, when it says fundamentally something different and it can be a real mess. I mean, I tell people that uh, an estate plan, a will, a power of attorney is not a succession plan, but it can really screw one up, right? Mm-hmm. And so in my book, I have a 25 question point questionnaire to determine the status of your succession plan. And I, I rank it from you know 50 to 100. And so they might want to go there and, and look at that exercise. But I think what they should do, as I mentioned it earlier, I think uh, they should come up with a process. And in my situation, it's a six-step process from you know, starting from ground zero, determining the values of the organization, why we're doing this, uh, all the way to what we're going to do over the next 90 days. And I'm happy to explain that in more detail whenever you like. So, Okay, great. And now, um, of course, you mentioned the book. The book is called Succession Solution. You said that came out in 2019, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. And that has, uh, you know, how many years of, uh, of experience and wisdom in there? Uh, there's over 30 years of wisdom and experience and uh, a lot of my own failures, which I've learned from, uh, <laughs> I put in the book, both both personally and representing individuals. So. Oh, that's excellent. And so you said you have sort of like your defined process for, you know, how you've seen this work with businesses of all sizes. What are some other things that um, people will glean from your experience and from a book like this? Well, I, I think what they'll learn is succession planning isn't a technical thing. Uh, again, I'm a, I'm a CPA, I'm a lawyer, so I'm not trying to uh, say anything negative about it. But typically, when you go to a lawyer, they're dealing with documents in finality, right? So mm. you, you, they have their will. Okay, what happens at death? Well, okay, that's part of it, right? And uh, or their accountants to determine the value of the organization. That's sort of finality. So I think that the other things that people need to think about is uh, both personally as well as professionally, as I mentioned uh, in in the book, 70% of all businesses fail to survive from one generation to the next generation. By the third generation, it's about 4%. What's remarkable, what the research shows, Elizabeth, is that over 60% of the time there's a failure to transfer, it's the lack of communication and trust. Mm. 25% of the time, it's it's an ill-prepared successor. Only 15% of the time is a technical tax or legal issue. So my point is 85% of the failures are within the business owner's control. But most business owners don't know that, right? Uh, And so... You know, looking on the contrary, they said if 70% of the businesses failed, what about the 30 that got it right? What did they do, right? And the 30 that got it right, the 30% that got it right, and this was a research project that looked over 
3,000 businesses of value of $15 million or greater uh, worldwide, right? And the 30% that got it right developed and followed a process of, of transfer of ownership and management and developed a process of communication, right? Whether it's to the employees, to the family, you don't have to agree with it, but it's a whole lot better to do it up front. So, um, you know, that, that's hopefully that's responsive to your question. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That makes a lot of sense. And it's funny because having worked in communications my entire life, uh, it's it, even in a communications department, oftentimes, uh, you know, we laugh because we say, well, you didn't communicate that well. <laughs> you know, and that's what we do. Um, so I think that that sometimes just gets overlooked and it makes sense. Like you said, uh, you know, whether it's something that is 100% in agreement or not, it's a plan right. and it's a communication. So that right. that's great. Um, now, having had your book come out in 2019, I'm curious, uh, of course, 2020 kind of flipped everything on its head. Um, and I feel like, um, and I could be wrong, but I feel like we probably saw a lot more transfer of leadership uh, in the last couple of years than maybe is normal just because of the circumstances that existed. Would you say that's accurate? That That is extremely accurate. Uh, th there's research out there that prior to COVID, uh, most closely held businesses had a 10-year horizon as far as some form of exit or succession. Uh, it's now about five years. Uh, oh, wow. It is. It's, 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 it's halved. Uh, and the other statistic that uh, I thought was interesting, the number of um, next generation family members who want to take over the business has dropped from about 60% to about 35%. Less oh. and less next gen want to be in the business because they see how difficult it was for um, the, the senior generation. So it's getting harder and harder for business owners um, to transition um, their business, whether it's even management as opposed to ownership. I mean, those are two separate things. You don't have to give up ownership, but you can transfer management. Was there anything post-COVID that changed that uh, process that you sort of had developed or anything that you sort of um, you know adjusted uh, or that you saw businesses adjust post-COVID because of it becoming a more immediate need? I did not uh, change my, my process, but what has happened for, for my benefit is business owners uh, now fully appreciate the, the fragility of their business uh, the ability to lose people because we have a, had the great resignation and are looking to say, okay, I'm not changing the ownership, but I got to figure out who's going to be on first and what's on second um, because I don't think I want to do this forever. So it has actually accelerated the thought process and, and more family-owned businesses are, are thinking more about, okay, how do I do this and when should I start the process? And back to the article I mentioned about PNC, they say, you know, you should start the process 10 years before you're thinking about a transition. Unfortunately, many people just don't wait, don't, don't plan that early, but that's really what I would suggest. It feels far away, but, you know, again, when, when you're getting, that's taking it, I, I would imagine, at a good rate of speed, right? So you're sort of chipping along at it and, and doing it in a smart way and looking at the whole picture instead of having to, to rush. And then you know that 
things are well planned and in a good place. So that's. I mean, I mean, ten years is a long time, but it's a it's a good long time. That that's a that's a nice runway to have. But my sure. point to many business owners is, how quick do you think it's going to take for someone to come in in a senior role if it's a family member and uh, one transfer the knowledge, and then be willing to transfer the management that the other rank and file will respect, as well as your customers. You know, the person may not get it right the first year, two or three, then uh, what if you're wrong? What if you pick the wrong person? You don't want to wait until year nine to find out you got the wrong person and now you're really jammed up. That's why you want to give yourself enough time. For federated insurance and looking at the membership that we have of P- at PFMA, what are the services that our members can tap into um, for succession planning? So the folks that I work with at Federated, because I am separate and apart from Federated, typically I will meet with them on my nickel and uh, explain to them uh, how I can help them after I gather a little bit of information. They can take that information and go back to their advisors, they can go back to their family, and they can do whatever they want with it, right? Uh, So that's one approach. The other thing that Federated does, which I think is nice, is as part of the process is they'll do a valuation. It's not a detailed valuation, but they'll get an idea uh, of the value of the company. So if you if you want, I'm not suggesting that you have to split everything. If you want to give your daughter the business and you want to give your two sons who are not in business an equal amount of value, you got to determine the value of that business, right? And, and there's all sorts of ways to do that, which by the way, one of the quotes I give in my book is, Equal may be fair, but fair may not be equal, right? Oh, sure. Uh, and because if someone's working in the business on it. But, but so they'll do evaluation, uh, a high-level evaluation. But those are the two things that, that uh, Federated Office, and, and I'm primarily focused in, you know, Western Pennsylvania, Erie, Harrisburg, those types of area. They have a group of uh, advisors uh, on the Philadelphia side of, of the state as well, so. Great. So if we have a member listening to this and they they have not considered it yet and they see, you know, a, a transfer of ownership or management in the nearish future, uh, what would you say that they need to do today? Well, they, they I, I guess what they should want, they can do a couple of different things. Number one, they can contact their, the federated rep and say, I heard this Brad France guy, can you, uh, can we set up a meeting with him? Happy to do that. They certainly can reach out to me at my website um, at the, the successionsolution.com. And they can learn all about my experience and background in my process. And they can download the, the process I've developed. I call it the succession solution roadmap. Um, so they can either the successionsolution.com or they can contact Federated. Okay, great. And I'll put all those notes in our show notes so that it's easily accessible through the podcast as well. That is excellent information. Is there anything that we didn't cover today that you would like our members to know about succession planning? I think you've done a really good job, uh, although it sounds self-serving. Uh, it's not terribly expensive. They might want to just purchase the, uh, my book, The Succession Solution, on Amazon, uh, because I think it is, it's a really good roadmap, Elizabeth. Uh, many, many, many years ago, um, there was a book called What Colors Your Parachute? And it's a terrific book, and it, it really broke it down. It was two books in one. One, uh, finding out what you want to do with your life, and then two, uh, uh, career development and, and you know finding that job. And that's what this book is. It's first part is 
about what is succession planning. And the second part is my process. So that's what I would suggest. Thank you so much for explaining that and helping us through the process. Thanks for being on, Brad. My pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Tune in in two weeks as we chat with Charles Irons and Teresa Volter of McLean Company. We'll be talking about the latest offerings from McLean Kitchen, featuring Central Eats, Choice Chicken, and Java Perps. If you enjoy Shelf Confidence, please subscribe and share. Thanks for listening.